The Bruins got into the festive spirit wish. They wore their ugly sweaters, some of them not so ugly, in particular Brad Marchand, uh, to their game the other night. Uh, Marshy wearing the Cowabunga Ninja Turtles motif. I love it. 10 out of 10. No notes, my friend. All right, let's let's break it down. Uh, so I think Marchand would be Michelangelo. No, Pasternak would be Michelangelo, right? Um, Marchand would be... I mean, he's Leonardo now because he's the captain. Yeah, he'd be Leonardo now. So Raph would be... But he would be more Raphael. You're right, though. Like he, his he, attitude more is more Raphael. I, yeah. I think that Don, I think that Donatello is probably uh, Linus Allmark, and then we'll give we'll give Leonardo to McAvoy. Donatello Donatello is uh, Patrice Bergeron from afar. No, he's Master Splinter. Patrice Bergeron is Master Splinter. Patrice is definitely Splinter. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and, that, and, and, by, and by virtue of that, I guess that makes Matthew Kachuk Shredder, right? I guess. Uh, yes. Hopefully. Yeah, and yes. that makes Paul Maurice Kang, which I also think fits strangely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we could go on and on. I love this. I love this. Would Ray Bork be Casey Jones? <laughs> oh, there he we goes. Can, we folks. could just keep going on Be-bop. and on and on. Man, Unbelievable. Keep up and rock steady. You're next, wherever you are in the Atlantic Division. <laughs> That'll be a deep dive we do at some point. <laughs> On that note, welcome to the holiday edition of The Drop. Greg Wyshynski, Ardo Ocal here with you every Tuesday and Thursday. Wherever you get your audio podcasts, search for the NHL on ESPN, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you leaving uh, star ratings and reviews, as well as on the NHL on ESPN YouTube. So in honor of the holiday edition, we are in the holiday season. We decided to give some gifts to be in the festive spirit. We come bearing gifts. We have a giant sack of wrapped presents. A giant sack. Just a huge, the biggest sack. Possible. The largest of sacks. Uh, We come bearing gifts to some NHL players, teams, fans, whatever it may be to the hockey world. We here at the drop are all Santa. We are presenting you with some gifts uh, provided they've been. Uh, more nice than naughty, or maybe more naughty than nice. Who knows? More naughty than nice. This is this is hockey <laughs> we're talking about here. We know, this is this is a this is a lady bang free podcast, sir. Uh, <laughs> as you know, it's canon for me. The referees should be the ones to give out the lady bing. The writers shouldn't touch it. It's an award nobody wants to win. It's a lady bing free podcast. It's a naughty over nice podcast at gift giving time. All right, wish. Who are we giving our first gift to? Well, my first gift is being bestowed to Sam Reinhart of the Florida Panthers. And I'm shaking the box and I'm hearing inside it's disgraced Congressman George Santos that I'm giving to Sam Reinhart. What? <laughs> yes, as his press secretary, of course. My dude is tied for 15th, for fifth in the NHL in goals scored this season. Literally nobody talks about him. You know, he's one of the most best goal scorers we've had in the league for the last couple of years. He's one of the most under the radar players we've had in this league. That's why we need George Santos to write Sam Reinhardt's biography. What if Sam Reinhardt was fifth in goals and vice president of Micronesia and the scientist who discovered Xenon? Yep. Think about it. Yep. Makes perfect sense. Yep. That, that would be quite the feat. We have to say we quite defeat. Uh, should we also gift him Paul Heyman? 
uh, goes around, <laughs> basically does interviews for him. My client. My client is fifth in the NHL in goal scoring. <laughs> Sam Reinhardt is a Paul Heyman guy. That would actually be hilarious. Like, imagine giving... <laughs> Hockey players have literal pro wrestling managers, advocates. Dude, I, I've long been an advocate that, you know, one of my greatest ideas ever, mainly because I I, I wanted to get him off TV, was uh, Pierre Maguire as the GM of the Ottawa Senators. Like, uh -huh. think of a franchise that needs a hype man and think about what Pierre Maguire could have done as the voice of the Ottawa Senators hyping up that team. Yeah, I like I like the idea of hype person. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. My gift is to the Buffalo Sabres and their fan base. Oh, I, I am gifting to the city of Buffalo, the Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> uh, because I'm sure they're looking at Philly right now and saying, that should be us. What? That's what people were saying. We were supposed to be this. What happened? Why is it them and not us? That was supposed to be us. It, it crazy that at this point in the season, these are where these two teams are. Yeah, yeah. And and I don't think many people would have predicted it. And the Flyers keep banking points, man. It's 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 one of the best stories of the season. Maybe 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 not necessarily serving the purpose of helping this team in the long run become a contender, but fun nonetheless right now. Sure. Uh, John Tortorella forever ruining lottery odds, as this is wont. <laughs> um, my next gift is going to go to Alexander Ovechkin of the Washington Capitals, a man who seemingly has everything except right now goals. I give the gift of all the goals that Ovi lost to NHL work stoppages uh. because he could certainly use them now. If Ovechkin started his career in 20 in 2004-05 instead of uh, after the season that was canceled, uh, ESPN stats and info projects that he would have scored 50 goals that season. If the 2012-13 lockout didn't cost him 34 games, Ovechkin could have added another 22 goals. That's 72 goals, Arda, plus his career total through uh, 1,375 games. That's 899 goals, five more than Gretzky's record, and that's not even counting the goals that he lost during the COVID absences. So goals, goals, goals. The goals that were taken from my boy Ovi, and uh, and then he'd have the record by now. Uh, that's really sad to hear when you put it like that. When you put the numbers to those games lost, I might shed a tear this holiday season. Look, it, it can't all be candy canes and, <laughs> uh, and, and Rudolph. You know, it ha it, Christmas is a time for maudlin things too, and thinking about how yes. how we were robbed of of over seventy goals by Alex Ovechkin certainly is. One of those "I'll have a blue Christmas" moments. Yeah, NHL. thanks, thanks a lot. You just gave us all a lump of coal. <laughs> How nice of you! By the way, I, I and I didn't. Maybe you did. I did not prepare a lump of coal, coal Caulfield connection. Uh, how dare <laughs> I? Um, I just thought of that on top of my head. Uh, to every so the NHL is in its parody era. Mm -hmm. Right. Every team, most teams, many teams have a chance to make the playoffs to succeed. Salary cap, all of that. Now, in that spirit, mm -hmm. since the holiday season is all about spirit to every current and future Hart Trophy, Art Ross Trophy candidate, mm -hmm. I would like to gift them a 20 game head start on Connor McDavid. <laughs> Because this season has proved 
<laughs> that while he stumbled out of the gate by his standards, <laughs> that's really the way that we're going to slow the guy down. Right. So from now on, Connor McDavid is not allowed to play his first game in the NHL until November 21st. <laughs> It, it reminds me, listen, I don't know if you guys can tell, but I wasn't the greatest athlete as a kid. Uh, <laughs> so it reminds me of like running races against the real athletes in school and being like, I get a 10 second head start just to see if I could make it competitive. Never could. Uh, usually just got bored and just started like wandering off and picking flowers and stuff. Uh, but yeah, During I, I love the idea. A head start for the rest of the scores in the league. The, Mc, the Mc, McDavid 10, we'll call it. And yeah. uh, and everybody can get a head start. I love it. <laughs> uh, my next gift is going to go to all of the players in the Eastern Conference. Every single one of you time zone gifted players. I gift you something else. I gift you the gift of playoff expansion. As of Wednesday night, Arda, 13 of the 16 teams in the East had a points percentage above 500. Now let's crane our necks over and look at the Western Conference, shall we? Eight teams. Eight teams have a points percentage higher than 500 in the Western Conference. Eight. Eight. That's the level of disparity we're looking at here between these two conferences. So we are going to have some really, really good teams in the East. They're going to be frozen out of playoff spots simply because we're, we're keeping it at the number that we're out, even though we're a 32-team league. And I am not just saying this to find a way to get the Devils and the Penguins in the playoffs, although it would make my life better as a fan and as a journalist. But yes, playoff expansion. My gift to you, the Eastern Conference. You are definitely saying this because you want the Devils in the postseason. <laughs> Maybe. Let's let's not let's not kid ourselves here. A little bit. Uh, my yeah, just a touch. Uh, my final gift is I would love to gift all hockey players. Uh, the gift of the Austin Powers movie. Why am I saying this? Yes. Uh, one of the primary storylines in the Austin Powers franchise, one of the movies was he loses his mojo and he needs to get his mojo back. True. I We always have this conversation about hockey players having more personality or showing it off. So what I would like to gift hockey players is the... Just some more personality, some more mojo, but also the confidence to show it off, Wish. Yeah. I think that we need to gift hockey players the comfort that we will not harp on them and pick them apart if uh. they do show off personality. Because we want to see it, but then we complain about it when we see it. So I would like to gift a scenario where that doesn't happen anymore couple things. First of all, I would love if you could gift uh, Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me, uh, in VHS. So 75% of so no the has, has no idea what it is. And it just Austin Matthews box. is looking at it and saying, he's, what is this thing? He's trying to crack it open and see what's inside. Second of all, I'd like to give you the gift of understanding that these guys are not scared little bunnies and that sometimes they're going to say things that are dumb and it's okay to call them out for being dumb and to and not be worried that they're going to run away and never say anything interesting again. It's part of the gig. Like, you know, I, I, I never liked the idea of putting it on like media and fans to say, like, don't criticize players or else they'll never say anything. Well, they already don't say anything. So it, it, it's kind of a, a zero sum uh, situation. I don't know, man. I'm with you. I want to see more swagger. I want to see more more life from these guys. 
but at the same time, I also don't like the idea of of giving them a shield of well, don't don't criticize them because they'll run away and get scared and their little cottontails a wag kind of thing. I never bought that argument. Well, that's a good point as well. I just want I to see to be more personality. No, I don't want to be. I don't want to be. I want to see. I don't want to be the Scrooge. You know, disparaging your gift. I just want to give a counter gift. So you, you know, what, like you what you're your mom, saying is, you give your mom. One of the kids gives mom slippers. The other kid gives her, you know, a Kindle. You know, you just have that? to like sometimes compete with gifts. You know what so, I mean? So what 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 you're saying is, you 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 are accepting my gift, but you're secretly going to re-gift it to someone else without me knowing. You're just gonna. Yes, keep I'm gonna. Wrap, I'm gonna put gonna, a little gonna, note inside that says like, "This guy's crazy." I don't. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not gonna throw out is. the wrapping paper. You're just gonna <laughs> open it delicately, and you're gonna be like, "Oh, that's very nice, Arda. Thank you very much." And then you're just gonna secretly retape it. Well, it's gonna be nice, and you're gonna hand it off to someone and, else. And that is exactly why I wrap all my presents so terribly. So you can't simply just gracefully undo the paper. I wrap it like a maniac, and so you have to tear into it in order to in order to find what's inside. It's a people think I don't know how to wrap gifts, but there's a method to my madness. Yeah, the the yeah. Well, those are our gifts. If you got any ideas, send it to us on social media. Uh we always love hearing from you by the way, and we appreciate you guys listening to the show. Uh I can't wait to hear this interview. I was not able to participate in it. Uh but one of the greats in Canadian hockey history joins us here on the drop on the eve of the start of the PWHL, the inaugural season is right around the corner. Can't wait to talk about the league at length. Can't wait to hear about uh, year number one, a landmark season. Marie-Philippe Poulain, one of the greats, joining us on The Drop. Joining us now, Marie-Philippe Poulain, three-time Canadian Olympic gold medalist, one of the best hockey players on the planet, now proudly a member of Montreal of the Professional Women's Hockey League, which begins play on January 1st. The league does. And she joins us here on The Drop. I, I wanted to ask you first about the about the league. Um, we've obviously seen a few women's pro leagues give it a try. Didn't come up as, as successful. What is, from your perspective, what feels different about the PWHL? I mean, uh, first of all, it's been years in the making uh, where there's so many people that have been working behind closed door to make sure that was the right one. And obviously, just feeling the professionalism, all the resource uh, that we've had so far from training camp to having the team name, having the staff coming in uh, day in and day out to make sure everything feels professional. And it's been unbelievable um, from our staff to our players. It just feels amazing. People talk about it. They can see it. We're, we jump on that ice. We were happy. We're smiling. We just can't wait to get the season started. And I can tell you when the draft day happened, uh, I think that was the moment when we walked in on that carpet, when there was little girls watching us. And you can see the girls that, that could get drafted, how excited they were. And there was some nervous uh, nerve as well. Uh, but all of it, the entire day, when Billie Jean King really started that day, the way she spoke to us, I think all of us had shivers. Uh, it was just a day to remember, and that was the start of something big. So uh, I couldn't be more proud to, to be part of the PWHL. You got to be pretty excited, too. Montreal stacked. They got you. They got Aaron A. Davian in goal. What has you most excited about the Montreal team in particular this season? Uh, it's going to be exciting. I think every team uh, is going to be very hard to play against. That's the, the best part about this league is that the sixth team 
It's going to be talented. It's going to be competitive all across. Uh, but for us, I think it's going to be fun to have a new team. Uh, it's very a mix of, of, of everybody. Uh, players graduating from college, players that have been part of the PWHPA, part of the PHF, part of the Czech team, part of the American team, uh, all of it together. It's going to be awesome. Uh, and it's starting from, from scratch, starting from zero. It's very starting that culture uh, all together. Uh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a fast team. And for us, we're going to have to improve every day uh, to make sure that we want to be in the championship game at the end of the season. Now, part of that roster is that you 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 have the unique chance to play on the same team as your fiance, Laura Stacy, which is pretty awesome, both on the national team and now with Montreal in the PWHL. How does playing on the same team as your fiance benefit a work-life balance? Well, <laughs> I think, I mean, it's awesome. I'm still pretty, pretty lucky, but I think we know uh, when it's time to be professional and when it's time to be on a personal life. And uh, for us, we've been pretty lucky, obviously. Uh, we're passionate about hockey. We've been able to be part of the Montreal team in Montreal, but um, just being able to balance that, uh, being able to push each other to, to be better as well. And uh being good leader on the team, but all of it is not only uh, the both of us, but uh, we have a great team here to to be able to really lead this team all together and uh, make it competitive. That's fantastic. Um, now, as an American fan, uh, you've caused me great pain and anguish through the years uh, <laughs> by beating the Americans at the Olympics <laughs> as often as you have. Uh, that said, the USA versus Canada rivalry, I think, is the best in hockey. It's been the best in hockey. Um, I've been curious from your perspective, because I've talked to Hillary Knight, I've talked to the American players so many times through the years. From your perspective, what is the rivalry like? Is there real animosity between the Canadians and the Americans from your perspective? How intense has it gotten through the years of you being a part of that rivalry? I've got to tell you, it is very real. Uh, to be honest, every time we have the chance to play each other, we can be a... Just a game for a rivalry series, a world championship, Olympic games. Uh, every game, it's like a gold medal game. And that's the best part about it. There's so much pride on that ice. Uh, both teams, honestly, we do both work for the same goals. So you want to win, you want to get that gold medal. And we're all aware of that. And that's what makes it even better. Uh, obviously, being part of it for many years. It just gets better every time. Um, you have new players coming in, and I'm sure they feel it right away when they jump on that ice and you're able to play against the, the U.S. team. But obviously, there is a mutual respect. Uh, we we do grow the game all together at the end of the day. We, we've been pushing for many years to, to be able to be part of the PWHL. But uh, when we're part of the Canadian-U.S. rivalry, when we put that jersey on, um, all friends aside, uh, everybody wants to win and it's going to be competitive. But that's the best about it. You want to play against the best with the best. And when you play against the American, uh, just makes you better. And you want to compete even harder. Do you, I mean, do you have a good relationship with the Americans off the ice? Or does the rivalry, does the intensity, does the animosity carry over to make that a little bit awkward? <laughs> I mean, there's moments, obviously, when you lose, you, you never want to. Obviously, when you see them off the ice, it's not necessarily the, the full conversation. But there's moments, uh, obviously, when... We're both competitive and we're all aware of that. But at the end of the day, um, there's a respectful conversation. Uh, again, we both do the same thing. We're both passionate about, about, by this game. And at the end of the day, we're all humans. Now, I wanted to ask you specifically about 2010. Um, I don't fancy myself as a great sports photographer, but I did take a picture of you that night at the game. 
so there you are. You're celebrating. It's the it's after the cigars and the Molsons on the ice. Take me back to that. What what was it like to have that celebration uh, after claiming victory on home ice? Well, that 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 moment was just surreal. Uh, I think I blacked out. Uh, it was just unbelievable. Obviously, I was lucky enough to be part of the my first Olympic Games in Vancouver, in Canada, on home soil. Having my family there uh, was such a amazing moment. But obviously, after that moment, when we got a gold medal, we were able to go back in the dressing room. And I remember just looking at the veterans, and they were like, just come, come on the ice with us, and we'll take some picture. We'll have some fun. And obviously, as a rookie, as I was on the team, I was just following them. I never thought twice of my age or anything. And Obviously, we got on that ice, we had a beer, we had a cigar, and I enjoyed the moment. And if you ask me if I would do it again, I would 100% do it again because this was a dream come true uh, in Vancouver, in Canada, where I was able to enjoy, to celebrate with my teammate and being able to be with my family to share that moment where it's not only myself, it's all the people that have been there for many years with me that helped me to get to that that dream of mine. And it was very special. So that that picture is pretty pretty amazing, pretty epic. Um, but it was pretty uh, surreal. You have players on your team right now that uh, grew up watching you, that that idolized you. Uh, they've talked about it. And one of the things I was curious about was: Have you ever interacted with a player from the National Hockey League and had a moment where? they're meeting you or training with you where they're fanboying about getting a chance to meet their favorite Canadian hockey icon? I mean, I, I don't think so, but obviously every time I have the chance to just be part of a conversation with an NHL player and I've had the chance to to meet the Sidney Crosby, the Jonathan Thays, and those are, are players that I always admirate uh, throughout my career, but the, the way they are to ask people, that's something that really stuck with me. Uh, not better than, than you. Uh, they wanted to know about how how it's going in women's hockey. They want to know about our part of life as well. And that's something that's so much more meaningful uh, when you have the chance to talk to these unbelievable hockey players and you see them on the ice, uh, you see how they perform. And it, it's always unbelievable for, for me to watch a Crosby, huh? how still to his age, how dominant he is. But also off the ice when you're here both have to have the, those conversation we we actually care as to where we're at as a program at hockey canada or where we're at with our league and he's actually interested in that um i think it's pretty amazing but to me it's it's just a, a mutual respect when we have the chance to actually connect with those nhl players because uh, at the end of the day we do play the same game uh we do train as much as them and uh we do love it as well. So uh, I mean, that mutual respect is something that I take a lot uh, when I get to, to meet an NHL player. That's awesome. Well, it was an honor having you on the show. I've been a huge fan of yours for years, again, despite the heartache that you've caused me as an American. Uh, but there's going to be intense interest on this league, and I cannot wait for it to get going. Thank you so much for joining The Drop. Well, thank you, Greg. Appreciate that. Thanks again to Marie-Philippe Poulain for joining us here on The Drop from Team Canada to their natural forever rival. These The fans are chanting fight forever in the crowd. Uh, Team USA, uh, you wish prepared for us a documentary on Team USA. What's this about? 
Yeah, I prefer to think of it as a rebuttal. We just had to sit through Canadian exceptionalism. <laughs> uh, listen, she's broken my heart so many times as a USA hockey fan, and 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 rightfully so. She's one of the best players who's ever laced up skates. But that being said, you know the women's team has conquered Canada at least a little bit in recent history. Uh, the men's team obviously hasn't done anything since 1980. It's about to change, I think, my friend. It's about time that Team USA grabs the gold again. This is the generation to do it. The U.S. men's hockey team hasn't won Olympic gold since 1980. You know, the miracle on ice. You believe in miracles? Yes! The miracle being whether you can get through any conversation about international men's hockey without referencing something that happened 43 years ago. We've had a drought. Not like a Toronto Maple Leafs level drought, but a drought nonetheless. You know, don't really give a flying, uh, you know, what the last words. Since the NHL started allowing its players to participate in the Olympics in 1998, the Americans have won just two medals. Both times they were thwarted by Canada. Stupid, horrible, terrible, extraordinarily talented Canada. That's a dream come true, to win a gold medal in Canada being a hockey player. But as the popularity of hockey grew in the U.S., the talent pool deepened, and the gap between us and Canada narrowed. We started to win World Junior Championships. We started to produce dominant offensive players like Austin Matthews and Jack Eichel. All signs pointed to the U.S finally winning Olympic gold again, and then we stopped going to the Olympics. In 2018, it was because the IOC stinks and because the NHL didn't really care about the South Korean market. In 2022, it was because the IOC still stinks and COVID happened, preventing NHL players from going to Beijing, which really bummed out Boston Bruins defenseman Charlie McAvoy. I'm still upset that we didn't get to go last year. Yeah. Like, that still bothers me, honestly, because you go through the process and, like, it all happens behind behind the doors, right? So there's there's Zoom calls and there's meetings, and everybody's trying to gear up, like, with the expectation that we're going. You're filling out your sizes for, for Ralph Lauren stuff for the, for the opening, you know, ceremonies. Like, it got to a point where it started to feel real, and obviously they don't name the team yet. You're, you're going through these preliminary things, but that's what everybody's doing. That's what the 60 guys who had the chance to play on the team. So, like, that feels real. You're doing things that are looking forward to it and uh and then and then you just lose out on the chance just like that because it was like okay we didn't play enough games so we're not going to go and it's like where's we didn't get a chance to fight back on that like you saw a lot of guys you know maybe some of the russian players that were like well what if i just go anyway like what are they going to do like yeah. I, that one's that sucked because it's a dream of mine forever to play in the olympics so hopefully all i can do is hope right that good health and the chance to go the next winter olympics are scheduled for 2026 in italy the IOC, it still stinks, but the NHL and its players have it in their collective bargaining agreement to go to those games. And if they do go to those games, I think Team USA is totally winning gold. It's good to grow the game like that and good to have the support. Just think of the sick roster they could put together. Austin Matthews in between the Kachuk brothers. Quinn and Luke Hughes playing on the same defense together. You got Jack Eichel, you got Jack Hughes, you got Tage Thompson, you got Jason Robertson, you got Adam Fox. You've got more goalies than you know what to do with. Jake Ottinger, Connor Hellebuck, Thatcher Demko, Jeremy Swayman. Seriously, Canada, 
we'll flip you a goalie for Connor McDavid. As an American, I am authorized to make this trade. I asked Brady Kachuk whether he's dreamt about winning gold for Team USA, and specifically, whether he's thought about winning it with his brother. Yeah, definitely dreamt of it. And hopefully the when the opportunity arises, it's, uh, you know, don't want to get too ahead, but hopefully you can, you know, make that team. It'd be a dream come true. And um, it'd be a dream come true to uh, do that along with Matthew. And, and uh, I think it'd be pretty special. And, and uh, of course, there's a lot of great players in the U.S. And, and uh, but no, it definitely would be a dream come true to win a gold medal um, with your brother for sure. New Jersey Devil star Jack Hughes, he had the same dream. Of course, I want to play in the Olympics, you know, dream of playing in the NHL. And then, you know, you watch Sib win a gold medal against the U.S. You watch Kaner play in Olympics. Like, those are your idols, and you want to get to the Olympics too. So um, it'd be a really disappointing situation if NHL didn't send players to the Olympics in Italy. So hopefully they can get something done. As Jack Hughes said, it would be an absolute joke if they didn't go to the Olympics. Not the best. And if they don't go to the Olympics, I can only assume this is part of a continuing, vast Canadian conspiracy to delay the inevitable world domination by the U.S. men's hockey program. Because Canada, I think this coach said it best 43 years ago. This is your time. Their time, it's done. It's over. Awesome stuff there. Wish that was a fun watch. I believe in miracles. Yes. But for Team Canada, not for Team USA. I'm just Yeah, for Team Canada. Yeah, the miracle will be finding a goalie by 2026. (laughs) Yeah, that would be a miracle. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Some NHL news and notes uh, to wrap things up here on our holiday edition. Let's turn our attention now to the Los Angeles Kings, who set an NHL record with their 13th win wish in the first 15 road games of the season. That is an NHL record. They moved to 13-1-1 away from the crypt, away from Crypto.com Arena. What is the secret sauce with this team? The secret, I think the secret sauce is like they're so excited to not play in an arena, an arena called Crypto.com Arena <laughs> that uh, they just can't help but be dominant. No, man, you know, they're just a, a really solid structure team. Uh, and I think when you're a solid structure team under Todd McClellan, uh, you can go and, and bring that formula to the road. And and they're just playing great. You know, the 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 idea was they were going to do the Vegas Golden Knights formula. Incredible group of skaters in front of goaltending that hopefully doesn't lose them games. So far, so good with that formula. And they played it to perfection on the road. Uh, it's been it's really impressive to see. And and you know one of one of the the biggest steamrollers that we've had this season in the LA Kings. Yeah, it's funny because we don't. We just talked about Sam Reinhart and him not getting enough credit for where he is in the uh, goal race. The Los Angeles Kings are a team that are ex- incredible. The depth they have so many great things going for them right now, but we don't talk about them enough. Well, you have Maybe to remember Eastern that Goddard's bias, whatever. But like we just well, don't. you have to remember that it's tough. They're in a very small market in Los Angeles. Yeah, it's and, very, tough, uh, very tough. And it's yeah. really hard to break through when another team in the city is celebrating and raising a banner for a fake tournament. So like it's it's really hard to really kind of find any room in the media landscape when that sort of thing is happening. Oh, and that Otani thing happened too, I guess. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, By the way, uh, great idea making that in-season tournament trophy have a cup on top. I wonder where they got that idea from. <laughs> well, I definitely got the idea of raising superfluous banners from the Nashville Predators. 
Uh, so uh, they're just stealing everything, the NBA these days. Oh, good day. Uh, that about does it for us here on The Drop. Happy holidays, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We will have some special episodes throughout the holiday season and get back to a regular cadence in January. Goodbye, everyone. Take care.